I thought to her, how old do you think I look? That was the first thought. Uh, the second thought I, w- I had was, um, have you never heard me sing? <laughs> um, when I get to heaven, I really hope that I get a new body and a new voice. Um, anyway, um, it's really an honor to be talking uh, in front of you today. Um, I actually put myself in this situation, believe it or not. I talked to the pastor, and I asked him if I could preach, because something happened, and it was incredible, and I want to tell you about it. So um, I'll go ahead and uh, read our passage today, and then we can, uh, we can pray. And uh, The passage will be Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 24. Okay, it says here, um, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they said to him, and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. Let's pray. Father God, I ask, Father, that uh, you just be with us all today. Um, I ask, Father, that uh, you'd be with our pastor, Lord God, um, and his parents, that you would help them. And Father, I ask that you would prepare the hearts today for this message, um, and I ask that you would Take me out of the way, and that um, you would just uh, use me as your conduit, Lord God. Um, pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so uh, the title of this message is, He Will Hear You. And um, the first thing that I want to point out from this passage is the stormy waters. So in verse 23 Um, before the actual storm comes, it says that, it says that Jesus fell asleep, right? Um, it says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Does anybody in here feel like God falls asleep? Like maybe, um, maybe he isn't paying attention to your problems. Um, maybe he doesn't care about your troubles, you know, maybe he's somewhere else. Maybe he's far removed from you. Um, you know, uh, but obviously that's not the truth. Obviously God does care. And um, the disciples, I, I think that, I think that uh, they found that out um, at the end of this story. But um, the Lord Jesus, he knew that those storms were coming. He may have fallen asleep. It may have appeared that he was asleep, but I believe that he knew that there were going to be storms that were coming that day. Um, And do you think that God knows that storms are coming your way? You think he knows what kind of storms are going to be coming? And when they do come, are you going to think that God's asleep? I certainly hope not. 
<clears throat> so, in the Bible, uh, the storms, they, they do obviously come. Um, so it says here, And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. So this is a big storm. This is a huge problem. I mean, we're talking about a very uh, dangerous situation. All right? Uh, it, the, the boat is uh, filling up with water, and, um, you know, it's not... It's very, very dangerous, what, what could potentially happen right now, all right? Um, and what, what kind of storms are we dealing with in our life? How about uh, the world? I mean, the world creates things for us that we have to deal with. That's an outer thing. It's something that isn't within us, but it's something that we're dealing with. Um, and from the world, we get the news. And what does the news do? It makes you afraid. What happens when you're afraid? Well, you're easy to manipulate, right? And we're not supposed to be afraid. That's why they do that. That's why they make you afraid, because when you're afraid, you're easy to manipulate. You go from thinking logically to thinking reactively. How do I deal with this? Fight or flight. Um, and then uh, also in the world, what we have is distraction, storm of distraction. Distraction away from God, distraction in the form of troubles. Those are the some of the outer um, storms that uh, that we deal with as Christians. But another storm that we deal with is uh, an inner storm, and that storm is pride. And um, it says in Proverbs sixteen verse eighteen, if you're really really fast, it says, "Pride goeth before destruction." and and, and haughty spirit before the fall. Pride goes before destruction. Wow. Um, that's very true. And in my life, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a very proud man. I struggle with it. Um, I think a lot of people do. And what has pride ever done for anybody? Ever? Can I just ask that? Has pride ever led to something good in your life when someone did something to you and you were proud and didn't forgive them? Has it ever created a situation and you say, I'm glad that pride really took over? It never does. All it will do is destroy everything good in your life. And it will just keep destroying. Pride is something that we all have to deal with. Um... Another, uh, another storm that Christians, a lot of Christians deal with is demons. Um, we all know what Ephesians uh, 6 verse 12 says, but I'll read it um, real quick. So it says in Ephesians 6:12, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." Does everyone here believe that demons exist? Because they do. And they will come, and they will put thoughts in your head, and they'll make you doubt God, they'll make you doubt yourself, they'll make you doubt everything. And they'll create temptations for you, especially if you let them. If you've got a little voice in your head saying something to you, that might not be coming from you. 
that might be coming from the other guy. And I don't mean God. We have to be on guard against the enemy. He will send us thoughts that, that will plant seeds that lead to destruction. So demons are, are a, a, a storm that we deal with. And um, I know I talked about pride, um, and this is re- related, but what about lack of forgiveness? Someone hurts you, and uh, you might be able to forgive them. By the grace of God, you'll be able to forgive them. But what if you hurt someone? Are you able to forgive yourself? I hurt somebody this week. I hurt my wife um, in a moment of rashness. And I didn't think I was going to be able to forgive my wife. Or I didn't think I was going to be able to forgive myself. I didn't want her to forgive me. And I was proud. um, And I blamed her for my actions. And it was horrible. Um, And I could feel myself falling into the world. I could feel that the things of this world had a lust or had had power over me suddenly, which they didn't before, but they were starting to. And I knew what was happening. I was slipping. I was falling. I was perishing, just like uh, the disciples said to Jesus. And... um, I think that those disciples, um, I think that they waited a a good long while before they went to God. Um, And I want to tell you right now that we don't have to wait. You know, they were probably uh, grabbing buckets and trying to do this and trying to do that, saying, we don't need to wake him up. We don't need to bother him. We can handle it. Well, we can't handle our problems. We need God. So... If you've got problems right now, tell God. You can cry out to God. That's what I did. And uh, that is um, the second part of the passage. Um, It says here, Then he arose, sorry, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. We perish. We're going to die. They're crying to him. And I don't think that they were just nudging him a little bit, you know, like, excuse me. No, they were saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. Sometimes that's how we need to be. We need to be completely dependent on God. God, help me. So what did... uh, so it's a, it's a cry of despair, right? And in order to cry out to God, you've got to be genuinely... Uh, you have to have genuine humility. The, the disciples, they couldn't do it themselves. And we can't go through life's problems by ourselves. They were also totally surrendered They had given up trying to fix the situation that they were in. They had completely given up. And that's how we need to be. We need to give up. They were totally helpless in that situation, and they had admitted it. They went to Jesus and they said, I'm totally helpless right now. 
It says here in uh, John 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I am him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. We can do nothing without God. Does everyone believe that? I was shown that this week. I was totally helpless before God. Before I was proud, the situation happened, I was proud. And I thought to myself, I know I'm wrong. Why can't I see that I'm wrong? And I realized it's because I couldn't forgive myself for what I did. And I, I, I didn't think I deserved forgiveness. But I didn't want to go back into the world. That's your choice. Your choice is go into the world or, or be with God. Grow closer to God. And I knew that if God didn't save me, that I was going to go back into the world. And I asked, I asked my wife, who I love very much, I asked her to pray with me. And I cried out to God. And God showed up. Um, in part three of the passage, uh, what, what happened here is the, the disciples, they come to him and they say, Master, Master, we perish. Well, Jesus... He it says here, Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. So there was all this turmoil. This is a totally, potentially uh, deadly situation. Um, everyone had given up, and they went to God, and they said, Master, save us. And he gets up, and everything is calm. That's what will happen if you cry out to God. And I know that from firsthand experience. Um, so Jesus showed his awesome power. Uh, he showed it over nature, and he also has it over our spirits, over our spiritual struggles, which is where the real battle is taking place, spiritually. David said here in Psalm 51, verse 10, Oh, let me get to it. Psalm 51, verse 10. Okay. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What is a clean heart? What does that feel like? I can tell you what it feels like. It feels like all the gunk that you have in your chest, God reaches in and takes it out. All the regret that you have, all the pride that you have, all the sins that you've done, everything that is bad that's in you, God reaches in and He grabs it and He just completely takes it out. And you're just completely clean. It's incredible. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting that David was 
writing about that. Because I think that David had a good reason, maybe a few, to cry out to God a few times in his life. Uh, we all know the story of David and, uh, and what he did with Bathsheba. He made a mistake, and then he tried to cover it up, and he killed her husband. <laughs> and he was still unrepentant. Nathan had to go to him, you know? But he did repent. And David wrote psalms. How many psalms in here are about the amazing power of God? There's a reason for that. So, in my experience, what God did for me was, uh, as soon as I cried out to Him, He showed me perfect love. Um, It's hard to really define or explain what that feels like, but... It was unbelievable. My relationship with my wife was healed immediately. Healed. I mean, it's a miracle. It really is a miracle. I don't use words lightly like that. And it was. And I knew that God had healed us. I didn't even have to ask her. I did later, but I didn't have to. And he gave... He gave me absolute peace. I was literally sitting in my bed for hours, staring up at the ceiling, and I was just thinking about God and how amazing He is. It's the most amazing experience that I've ever had. I mean, there's, it's one thing to know intellectually the power of God, but when He puts your, His finger in your life and He does something like that, Um, it's incredible. And I want that for all of you. You know, if you're going through uh, turmoil or anything anything like this in the future or at any time, know that you can cry out to God and He's going to respond. You know, the Bible says that He's knocking. He's always knocking. And even though we're, we're all Christians here, I believe that, we go through life and we make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, we're still human beings. I'm a terrible human being. It's only by the grace of God that I do anything that's good or that I care about good, being good. I know I've lived a whole life as an atheist, and I know uh, how bad I am. So, I have to be, and we have to be, completely reliant on God. Um, and uh, another uh, amazing thing about this is that um, the way that God can turn something evil into something good I mean you might think that you did something wrong but the worst thing that was ever done was when human beings put the son of God on a cross and tortured him and killed him that was the worst evil that has ever been committed on this earth. And what did God do with that? He turned it into the most amazing thing, that, uh, the most amazing story of redemption that you could ever conceive of. 
So if he can turn a situation like that into an amazing, you know, into the greatest story of redemption that we've ever seen, you think he can't do that with something that you've done? He can if you let him. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. But he can and he wants to. He's waiting. So uh, I just want to read one more thing and then I'll close. If you'll turn with me to Psalms 23. Some of you might know it by heart. So who wrote this? Once again, David. I wonder when he wrote it. I think I have an idea. It says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that um, you are who you are and that you sent your son to die for us. I thank you, Father.